I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is the Tech Central podcast brought to you today by E4. Now, I'm joined by Andrea Tucker, who is E4's head of research and development, as well as strategic projects, to talk about the area of reg tech or regulatory technology. Andrea, welcome to you. How's 2021 been treating you so far? Hi, Duncan. Thanks for having me. Uh, it seems to feel very much like a repeat of 2020, uh, but life does feel like it's returning back to some some sense of normality, if we can call it that anymore. Yes, well, it's before the third wave arrives, which I, I see most people are now predicting is going to be around May, June this year. So we, we may have a bit of an unpleasant bumpy ride uh, as we're going to winter this year. But uh, touch wood, hopefully uh, it's not going to be nearly as bad as, uh, as the, the last wave and that we're soon going to see the back of this pandemic. But Andrea, uh, we're going to talk uh, not coronavirus today. We're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about E4 and what it does, but also look at the reg tech space. Am I saying that correctly? By the way, is it reg tech or reg tech? Yes, reg tech. Uh, it did take a, a number of our staff and uh, and other employees a while to get uh, over the reg tech term. Yeah. Uh, but regulatory technology. When you say the whole thing, then you realise you're not saying it correctly. Right, right. Okay, well, we're going, to, we're going to talk about reg tech and what that is exactly. But before we do that, please tell me a little bit about E4. I, I know the company's name. I've heard it around the market for years, but I don't know a huge amount about it. So um, what, what is it you guys do exactly? E4 is in its 21st year. We, wow. we missed out thanks to things that we shall not talk about necessarily. We missed out on a bit of a celebration last year. Uh, we've been um, around for 21 years operating specifically in the back-end software as a service space. Uh, so we've assisted uh, home loan granting banks traditionally with the fulfillment of home loan applications, uh, managing um, how data gets shared between specific banks uh, and how home loan application data gets from one bank to an attorney that needs to, or multiple attorneys that need to do the processing of an application. Okay, so you're kind of a technology intermediary that facilitates the flow of transactions and documents. Absolutely, yes. Okay, interesting, interesting niche to be in. Um, are, there, are there particular sectors where you're strong, where you where you focus on particularly? I, I'm guessing financial services is a biggie for you, but are there other se uh, market sectors? Yes, financial services, um, as well as the huge um, area, which we're going to call attorneys. So it's the other element of prop tech, um, but all of the attorneys that manage the multiple transactions that happen when someone purchases a house. Uh, so the cancellation attorneys, the bond registration attorneys, the transfer attorneys, our services sit uh, in those spaces and connect the various attorneys to each other, connects attorneys to the deeds office, which is the last step in the process uh, once you have purchased a home, uh, once mm -hmm. it gets registered in your name, um, and then back to the bank to say, you can now release funds to the seller. Understood. Okay, so um, so is particularly in the in the in the um, home residential market, do you deal in commercial property as well? Traditionally, all home residential. Your mm. average man on the street, uh, of which there are certainly many more men on the street and women on the street purchasing houses uh, now that the interest rates are sitting at record levels. Uh, yes. We've really seen some positive volumes through all of our systems in the last, okay. I'd say, not last nine months. That's interesting. Okay, because I was speaking to mm. an estate agent the other day who's, who said to me that um, the average time for selling a home has increased dramatically over the last 12 months. He said you can sit for months mm. and months and months before you even get an, an offer. But uh, it sounds to me like there is some activity in the market from what you're saying. So there is a lot of activity. It's 
something this time last year when we sat down and said, wow, what's ahead of us for the rest of 2020? It was a big unknown for us um, as to where the market was going to go. We didn't know in March last year what um, decisions were going to be made around uh, the interest rates. And we just saw those continual reductions month after month until they stabilized at the end of last year. But what we are seeing is huge movements in the market in the lower um, house price. So if you are mm. trying to sell a seven to 10 million rand property, yep. you might not be able to get that uh, sold as quickly as you'd like. But there's a huge movement in the below million rand space, particularly in the 350 to 750,000 rand space. Very, very interesting to see the demand coming in at that, at that level. Mm. So, Andrea, RegTech, let's, uh, I think let's start with first principles here. Um, like, uh, most of us have heard of, of concepts like FinTech, like AgriTech, like PropTech, which you mentioned a, mm -hmm. a few moments ago. Um, but RegTech, um, it's, it's a new term to me, and I suspect to a lot of uh, listeners and viewers to this podcast. Mm. Um, how do you, first of all, what is RegTech exactly, and, and how do you apply technology to what is a fairly arcane field of regulation um, and, and why would you want to do it? So uh, taking one step back, um, mm -hmm. how we ended up playing in the reg tech space, uh, as, I've, as I have already explained, our history and our experience sits predominantly in home loans. Uh, so we can consider most of the big four uh, and other big uh, home loan granting banks in South Africa uh, as clients of ours. And it was through those engagements uh, where the idea all of a sudden jumped out at us when we realized that uh, whether it was a home loans division or whether it was any of the other houses or channels within a bank, they all had a need to optimize their account opening process while still aligning to the regulations that govern these specific processes. So when it comes to a home loan, uh, you need to, as a bank, align to the FIC Act as well as the National Credit Act. So you need to make sure that you are issuing credit responsibly as a bank, um, they're fines uh, if you don't, uh, as well as you need to ensure that you know exactly who this potential customer is that you're now engaging with as mm. per this transaction of taking out credit. Or if it's within the transactional or the investment banking space, you need to know who this customer is. Uh, and that uh, as per, I don't know how long Fick's been around, as long as my working career, you need to make sure that you know where that person lives and you can verify that as well as need to know and verify their identity. So it was through these home loan, home loan engagements where that we realized that there was a gap in the market uh, for uh, these services that allowed banks to optimize this process. Uh, I think I've said it a million times and however many sales engagements over the years uh, as to how much I dread going into a bank branch. Uh, right. I need to go and pick up a card. I need to go and verify who I am. No doubt, I need to take a proof of res document. And it, 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 it creates this feeling of angst um, and customer dissatisfaction when it comes to every single engagement. Mm. And how banks first integrated the FIC Act, for example, was certainly done um, in predominant silos. So if you had uh, FICA'd yourself for a home loan, you might not necessarily have been FICA'd for a transactional account, and you'd have to go through the entire process again. So as a result of all of these, uh, these conversations we had with home loans divisions, it sparked the idea to say, well, hold on, is there something we can do to assist them? Uh, and as a part of my R&D function uh, and the team that I had, uh, we conceptualized our first ever service in this case was a, was a solution to assist with the proof of residence document. We all hate having to take that document into the branch or having to provide it. Uh, these days you can take a photo of it, 
but who still receives post? It's not something I receive anymore. Um, mm. So we created a system that took um, bank, oh, sorry, not bank data, credit uh, data, and we could see if we could go through a, ver a digital process of verifying what your address was against what you stated. Um, so if I state my, my current address and I have applied for credit historically with the same address, um, the bank would uh, make an assumption that um, my stated address is as I have proven to someone else. So our first ever service was, it's called Real Res. Um, there, there's been less of a need for proof of res um, within the banking environments in the last four, three or four years, um, because each bank is gonna take an act like the FIC Act and say, all right, how much of this do we need to align to? And it, would, would we be happy, if there's amendment to the law, would we be happy with um, making a slight adjustment to our risk and compliance um, approach to onboarding new clients? And that's exactly what RegTech is, is aligning to the regulatory or the statutory um, requirements put on you by a regulatory body, as I said, like those two particular acts. So it's first and foremost about making the process of complying with regulation more seamless and efficient. Is that, is that correct? Exactly, exactly. Okay. Less time consuming, as you, you have mentioned, um, the, the efficiency. Um, all banks need to make sure that they align, that they align to the Anti-Money Laundering Act, um, are you taking dirty money or dodgy money um, and holding it on behalf of someone who maybe shouldn't have had that money in the first place? Um, so there's a big um, anti-money laundry, anti laundering spin to RegTech, um, as well as back-end services to ensure that um, processes are being followed um, and uh, potential fraud could be picked up um, via a system that is monitoring that specifically, as opposed to having a human being monitor it for an hour a day and look for specific things. There are now RegTech services that can do that without us ever needing to worry about them. So it sounds to me like there, there are a number of short and long-term benefits to implementing a RegTech strategy. Um, we've touched on some of them now, but um, maybe just spend a moment going through some of the other benefits that organizations that have done this have, have, um, have enjoyed as a result of their implementations. So some of our own banking clients uh, that, that uh, we have got um, uh, some back-end services and in particularly in, 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 uh, an onboarding space with them, um, they came to us with a, with a business case three and a half years ago to say, we would like to have a fully digital credit card application process uh, because as they understood at the time, their branch infrastructure and network was under pressure because uh, it, it bore such a huge cost um, to have multiple people sitting in multiple bank branches across the country. So they wanted us to uh, limit their reliance on the physical infrastructure. And as a result of that, reduce the cost to sell a particular service, sorry, a particular product to a customer, um, as well as improving on the sale process so that the customer experience was the best one that they could offer. And that was our first ever integration within the RegTech team. And we were able to within a very short time span, if you've ever worked with banks, you know to get an entire service operational within four months was certainly worthy of a celebration uh, because we were able to do that. Uh, it was a, a, a great combined team effort between our uh, developers and analysts and that particular bank within the team who understood what the business need was. They understood technically how to get this through their IT infrastructure 
and we worked collectively as a team to get this live uh, in, 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 as I said, a very short time, time period of four months. And what we were able to do, um, and through all of these services, that um, the customer doesn't often know that they're actually going through a service like that. Um, we were able to get a credit card opening process down to about seven to 10 minutes uh, without any physical contact between the bank um, agent and the consumer until the point at which five days later, a physical card was delivered to the customer. So what that means is someone completed an application form on the bank website. Uh, we verified their proof of address. We verified their employment. We verified their income um, against what they stated their income was. We did uh, a bank account verification um, because we needed to get bank statements as a part of the bank's um, responsible credit lending um, approach. And right at the end of the process, we were able to identify um, and, and do a, a full virtual um, identity verification of that, that customer with a bank agent through a call and interaction, much like the one we're having here, um, where someone takes a photo of themselves, uh, takes a photo of their identity document. We run a facial biometric match between those two images. And if our facial matching engine could prove that the copy of the ID that I had on hand was in fact the same person that this agent was talking to, mm. as well as all of my details, matched the application's um, details that I'd submitted, I was able to get a virtual credit card within two minutes of um, completing that call. And what we, what we did in our last ever sales demo to get this um, approved by the bank, we bought a candle on Take-A-Lot at the end of that process to prove that the process actually worked. And it was such an exciting journey to go through the bank. Yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff. And um... It's, it's. I guess my next question, Andrea, is is um is how companies should be approaching reg tech as a strategy or as a a topic that they want to tackle uh, internally. Now you've mentioned um, specific um, use cases within a within a financial services institution. Mm -hmm. Is that typically how um, uh, banks and other companies would engage with you? Would you come in and do a, a a project in a specific area and then expand from there, or do you find that some clients get you in and, and then want to have a discussion about how they can digitize their entire regulatory process um, at once. So we've had engagements sitting on both ends of that scale, um, but we generally um, talk to our banking clients with a specific hook. So they come to us with a problem or we identify a problem through our engagements with them to say, look, you don't seem to have a decent um, ID verification service that works on your website. Can mm. we assist you with that? So we go in with the hook and say to them, this is the technology that we have got. And, and this is what E4 um, has, has elected to do as a part of our strategy is, it, is we're never going to build technology if world-class technology exists out there. We know how long it takes to build awesome uh, loudness technology that works across the entire globe uh, with every kind of demographic that you could expect. So instead of us spending too much money and time we don't have, we would rather form a partnership with that tech provider uh, and on-sell that to our clients in South Africa. So that's what we've done. We do um, utilize best of breed technology from across the globe. If there is something we can build, we obviously build that ourselves and we have got proprietary services that we have built. But as and when technology exists out there, then we on-sell that to banking clients. And the value that we provide uh, them is 
kind of on the ground support. Uh, we integrate that into the services. We apply, we under, first of all have to understand their business rules and the particular use case for this technology. We then build those business rules into the process. Um, and because what, this is what we have to do for all of our banking clients, all of our services um, have been backed up. We've got multiple environments. Um, we, 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 we have got a full service offering that we go to with these banking clients. But everything generally starts with that one particular need. Um, and it depends where you engage with a banking client, where they are in their journey. So if there's a bank out there that hasn't got a regtech strategy at the moment, uh, it's, it's almost too late. Uh, it's never too late. That's why we are around. Um, but every bank should at least have a strategy in place now and have an understanding of whether this is something that they would rather do themselves internally. And they are absolutely banks and divisions that have got the capacity and the resources and the skilled resources, because that's exactly what you need, mm -hmm. in order to do this in-house. And they must go ahead and do that in-house. Um, if they would like to engage with, with a company like us, we've got experience of having put services like this in place. We've got the relationships with the technology. What we do within my R&D division is, uh, before we pick technology, we do thorough tests on the robustness of the technology. Uh, and this is something we did two and a half, three years ago. But we, we're going through that cycle again because there are new technologies launched every, every, every year. There's something new that we should test out. So we are continually ensuring that we have got the best of breed technology out there so that we can sell the, that specific uh, service with confidence to the banks. Now, digital transformation has been uh, the buzzword of the last 24 months or so, maybe a bit longer. Um, and many companies have embarked on digital transformation projects. And I think, mm. I think, I think each company has its own definition, really, of what digital transformation is and what they need yes. to do. But with so many companies focusing on this broad-term digital transformation, does the does this reg tech, uh, the digitalization of regulatory processes, um, tend to fall under the digital transformation work that a lot of companies are working on at the moment? Absolutely, it does. Okay. Um, there, there are the, the cooler front end things that need to happen. So an example of that is making your banking app more secure. Uh, and that might involve liveness technology, for example. Uh, so if I want to uh, do an unusual transaction on my banking app or a, a large payment, that, that would be considered an unusual transaction. Uh, it would be comforting to me as, as a banking client to know that there is additional um, security in place before I do a transaction like that. Uh, and something cool and sexy that you can do on the front end is implementing the liveness technology, uh, which would give the app the ability to verify, in fact, that it's me holding my cell phone and suggesting that I take my entire salary and pay it into an account I've never paid before. Um, so there are those cool things that you can do on the front end, and those are the things that customers experience. But so much of what happens in the reg tech space happens behind the scenes without consumers even knowing it. I didn't want to bring in the uh, coronavirus pandemic, but um, I'm going to. I think this is an important question to ask, <laughs> Andrea. So forgive me. Um, I, I imagine the pandemic has put extra pressure on some companies at least to embrace a digital approach to regulation. Is that, is that why you're seeing it? If so, why? Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's been something banks have been aware of for years, if not decades, the need for them to transform digitally, to make their services more virtual, to lower the cost of 
sales and, uh, and, and, and service activities. Um, so it's something that they've known about. It's something that's been on the, it's probably something bank exco's are discussing on a monthly basis. But what happened this time last year, all of a sudden shocked everyone into realizing that they can't delay any longer uh, because the world has changed to the point at which no one likes to go into a bank branch and touch a pen or a pencil that someone else has touched anymore. That, that's no longer something that we can accept as humans. So the banks have been uh, pushed into, into something that they had hoped they had a few more years in order to, to optimize. Uh, but there's never, there's never really an end to reg tech because the world is constantly changing. The, the, the regulations that we need to align to, those are constantly changing. And the services and the technologies and the companies out there that can make this easier and, 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 and possible for banks to align and to transform are changing on, a, on, on an annual basis as well. So it's a journey for, for, for any company that needs to go through this. Regulation is, of course, a very broad field. And if you look in the financial services space, there are, are so many regulations. I don't think consumers realize just how regulated these entities are. Um, is RegTech something you should be applying to every aspect of the organization where regulation plays a role? Absolutely. Um, if you have got a process that touches a consumer um, and um, needs to be reported on, um, then it, it needs to have some form of, of, of regulation and some, and if the technology exists, some form of regulatory technology that can assist you with that process. Uh, so in the past, uh, an application for a bank account involved uh, an interaction between two humans face-to-face -face sitting across a desk. Um, the agent knew the steps that, she, that he or she needed to go through uh, in order to align to what she understands is a responsible account opening process. Mm -hmm. And if any company out there can make that process A, happen virtually, while still aligning to the bank's rules and regulations and the, the country's rules and regulations, and with the added benefit of making that engagement cheaper for the bank to do, and, and as well as improving the customer's experience, I think there are five things I mentioned there. If you can do all five of those, then you've, you've won in that engagement. Interesting. So how are South Africa's banks doing? I mean, is there a particular sector in South Africa that's, that's um, embraced RegTech uh, particularly well? Um, uh, and, and are the banks, uh, um, I mean, you say that they're talking, this, talking about this at, at executive committee level, um, but um, are, are the big banks here in South Africa actually um, implementing RegTech solutions actively? They absolutely, they absolutely are. Uh, I think with the world changing like it did a year ago, the thing we shan't mention, uh, as well okay. as the whole banking industry uh, going through this evolution um, that banks, these big banks that have been around for decades and in some cases centuries, now realize the need to do things differently because the smaller new banks uh, are coming to the, to the market with uh, fresher ways of doing things, with mm. easier ways of doing things, with um, processes that are just that much slicker. It's a lot easier for a new bank um, mm. that is trying to grow their, their reach and their, and, their, and their market share within the, within the company, sorry, within the country. It's yeah. so much easier for them to adopt reg tech services because they haven't got the, the huge, this huge ship of physical infrastructure as well as processes um, that they've been using for as many years and centuries and decades as they have been. 
Um, so it's a lot easier for the small banks to align to the advancements out there in the industry. But the bigger, more the, the, the bigger incumbent banks have realized that they have to do it. And they are now putting work streams and teams of people um, in place who, who have got this as their sole and only purpose, which is to take this bank um, into a new era where these processes are slicker, faster, and cheaper. And um, we can replace the that, that repeated work that a, a bank agent or a fulfillment team are doing. Can, if, if, if those can be replaced by a, a back-end service, we can take those people and put them into more fulfilling tasks that can't be done by a robot or a computer or a system. I mean, we spoke about the the impact of the pandemic on uh, on, on consumer behaviour, and you know, wanting to go to a bank branch, having to not wanting to touch a pen, and that sort of thing. <laughs> but in the longer term, I imagine that shifting demographics are putting a lot of pressure on on banks and other organisations as well, because particularly younger generations who are tech savvy. Um, Gen, uh, well, probably wouldn't incorporate Gen X, but everything from Gen after Gen X, we're talking tech savvy. The millennials, mm. the Gen Zers, uh, whatever they're called, um, are mm. very tech savvy, and they they expect um, a frictionless, easy way of dealing with companies. Um, do you think that uh, that a lot of the developments we're going to see in reg tech in the coming years are to really respond to a changing consumer base who are much more demanding and expect uh, technology to make their lives mm. a lot easier? Absolutely. Uh, I, I love telling my kids at dinner time um, about the time in my life when I didn't have a cell phone that I could do everything on. Um, I, I wish I'd kept my first ever cell phone um, so that they could actually see what it looked like. And the fact that the most exciting thing you could do in lectures uh, with your cell phone was play snake as long as you turned the sound off. Um, but our, our kids, this, this next generation, um, are growing up with um, these devices that are small enough uh, that they can fit in our back pocket, uh, but can do the same work that 10 devices of my childhood could do. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I could even predict the what, uh, yeah, predict what a cell phone is going to look like when my daughter is allowed to get one, which is years away. I hope she's not listening. It's <laughs> not happening in the next decade. Uh, but for someone who's now sitting at my dining room table, learning virtually uh, and spending five and a half hours on Teams meetings with her teachers. How is that young child, when she gets her first bank account um, in five years time, how is she ever going to expect to be able to walk into a branch and do it the same way I did? Um, the, way, the, the way we are all evolving um, across this globe means that everything is that, 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 that we experience now is going to be out of date in five and 10 and 15 years time. And we, we it, it's actually hard to predict what these engagements are going to look like. But unless banks um, start changing now, then they're going to be left behind because the world is changing faster than we can even we can even contemplate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who knows what the smartphone is going to look like in, in 10 years. I, I think that there's a lot of excitement happening around augmented reality. Um, mm. I think that's maybe the next big thing. But, uh, um, you know, that people talk 10, 15 years in the future of of um, putting augmented reality chips in your retina and, and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm not sure that's, <laughs> I'm sure I want technology integrated with my body to that extent, but there certainly is Look, some interesting stuff it, coming it down would, the line. Sorry, It Andrew, would save yeah. us all these, all these pictures behind me are all the holidays I've been on in the past. And if, if, if I can show my kids a holiday on their cell phone, it would save me a lot of money um, yeah. and we'd all be safer. We wouldn't have to wear masks while we are 
enjoying a virtual holiday. Um, not the same. We actually have. It's not, it's the, not the same. Not the same. <laughs> <laughs> it might. We might get there. I'm looking for the looking forward to the day of of um, of us having a meeting through holograms. Um, where it looks like we're in the same room together, but we're not really. And I, I don't know how, well, how that's going to change the dynamic and whether um, it'll actually feel like you are um, in person with that with that other person. Mm. Uh, I suspect not. Yeah. Um, but it's going to change a, a, a lot of stuff. But we are getting a little bit off off topic. Let me <laughs> let's bring it back to <laughs> let's talk. I can talk about the future of technology forever. So, but let's bring it back to Reg Tech. And I wanted to ask about Papia, the Protection of Personal Information Act, and of course the General Data Protection Regulation. I think it's called from Europe GDPR. Mm -hmm. I imagine both of those uh, pieces of legislation have a direct impact in the Reg Tech space. Yes, absolutely. It's it's a wave that's coming. Uh, TikTok. I, I, I think I should have a um, a little counter um, on my laptop, which reminds me how many months we've got uh, before we all need to be uh, papaya compliant. But it's coming, uh, and it's something that uh, banks and companies like ourselves, because we're obviously hosting bank data, uh, it's something we've been talking about already for three and a half years, uh, and it's it's going to create a whole new industry uh, of people who understand uh, what the regulations say uh, and are able to articulate that to an organization uh, and give them basically a hit list of the five, 10, or in some cases, 50 things they're gonna need to do in order to align. Mm. Uh, but again, if you haven't got a digital uh, transformation strategy, if you haven't got a poppy strategy in place now, yeah. it's almost too late. Yeah, you have to have been thinking about these things, but... Um... I wanted to ask you, as a, perhaps as a way of concluding our discussion today, um, no doubt have someone listening to the, watching this podcast and saying, well, yeah, this is fantastic. I need to get cracking on this in my organization. Now, and our organizations will be do somewhere down the line in the digital transformation projects in some description. But you may, there may be someone listening to this podcast who says, we, we, need, we need to get cracking in the space. We need to do some real stuff. What, what would you advise them to do? What should they... Where should they start reading? What should they uh, dig into? Um, how should they decide what they want to tackle first for their organization? So we have had a couple of those those more challenging conversations with uh, with potential clients where they say, oh, we need to align. We, we, need, we need your services. And our, our first question to them is, where do you want us to start? Uh, so as long as an organization has got a fairly good handle on their own business processes and their own business rules, and any potential shortcomings that they're aware of, that becomes the foundation for a conversation to say, mm. this is where you currently are, this is your as is picture, this is where you need to be, and we can assist these organizations with those few steps in between to get them to that to be space. But unless an organization is able to, um, to verbalize what their current process is, then this conversation is, 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 is a very lengthy and a very confusing one um, because these aren't just services that you can take and kind of drop into an environment and say, here they are, they're working. Um, we um, put a lot of weight behind taking a service, understanding what the particular use case or the particular business case is for that service, understanding the business rules that, that govern how the service needs to work, uh, as well as understand that organization's appetite for risk, uh, because every company is going to take an act like the NCA or the FIC Act. Mm. They're going to take that and they're going to put their own interpretation and their own spin on it. Everyone's allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. These services are foundational 
to assist you in, in taking your organization and your services and aligning them to the act. So you've got to have a good handle on what your services are and how you would like them to be in this new transformed world. And we can help with that transformed world, but you need to understand your own environment uh, at, at the most granular level in order to, to take an existing paper-based or human-based process and digitize it. Yes, and only you in the organization really knows what it is you need to do, right? I mean, it's your organization, you know its processes and its systems, etc. Third party service provider can come in and, and uh, definitely help you, but you're going to need to know at the end of the day what it is you want to digitize and why you want to yeah. do it. Uh, Andrea, if anyone wants to learn uh, anything more about E4, what is your website address? Our website is pretty easy. You've summarized it in about 80% of, 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 of the address, e4.co.za, um, where you'll be able to get a very good idea uh, about the services that we've got in the prop tech space. Um, that, that is such a large and important part of our business, um, as well as our reg tech space. Uh, we, we call it onboarding, but it really does go beyond just onboarding. But um, these services all sit um, in, 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 in a space where um, we can have that discussion around taking things into a more digital or a more virtual world. Um, so have a look at our website and see what all the services are. E4.co.za. Andrea, it's been a great discussion. Andrea Tucker is E4's Head of R&D and Strategic Projects. Thank you for sharing your insights with Tech Central today. Great. Thanks for having me.